you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Philip Koski, and today, for the final time in the regular season, and I again, I mentioned this last week when we did this episode, I don't know if we're going to continue this into the playoffs, because it's so difficult to even predict games in the playoffs, um, and there aren't that many games. So I don't know if we will be doing sports betting as own half of an episode, right? Because we have we all we all have to consider that that sports betting as it is now, part of the master plan takes up give or take fifteen minutes a week, um, and I just don't know if there's going to be enough time. Now what I might do is I might you know lump it in with game picks and say hey. We're just going to do it all at once, and that's and that's going to be the whole episode. So I might do that because that should get us to 30 minutes um, pretty cleanly, I think. Um, with that being said, though, let's jump right into it for the final time of the season. Honestly, it's been a pretty decent season. Really, if you take out that first week, I feel like we've done pretty, pretty decent. It's the first time I've really delved into – uh, betting lines and stuff like that. You take out that first week of the season, we're doing pretty, pretty, pretty good. Not, not like fantastic, but we're doing pretty good. Um, and this week can really make or break uh, the season for us. We have six teams that I'm taking this week. It's the final week of the season. We're trying to make you some money. Um, so I'll start taking six teams this week. Let's jump right into it. Our first, the first team we're going to take this week. Is there any surprises with them in my preview episode for this week? I will be taking them in the sports betting episode. Eagles plus four and a half. Um, I, I I picked them to win this game, right? I, I picked them to win this game. It's a home game, right? It's against the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys haven't been great recently against the spread. Recently, you know, the Eagles have been good against spread. They haven't been great against spread all season, but they're plus four and a half. And I picked them to win the game. And I think ultimately this game is probably going to be pretty close. Lots of NFC divisional matchups and NFC East divisional matchups are tight. And in this game, I really don't feel like either of these teams will be able to control the entire game. I, I think that Dallas definitely can win this football game. But I'm getting points here. I'm getting four and a half points. It's a number I feel very comfortable with. Um, you know, the lines move from seven and a half to four and a half. Um, time is now. Put your bets in because 
This game, Saturday evening game, um, and the reason why is because this game doesn't affect any implications really going into Sunday besides just some menial seeding stuff. Um, but both these teams are already locked into the playoffs. Um, again, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I like their run game matched up with Dallas's run defense, and I like the Eagles' run defense matched up with the Cowboys' run offense, right? The Cowboys' rushing game is the key for them to winning games, right? And I say this over and over and over. I say it like I sound, I sound like a, a broken record at this point. I pretty much think I've said it in every single episode where I've talked about the Cowboys for any extended period of time. I've talked about the fact that they need to get their run game going if they're going to win games. I'm not saying 150 yards, 200 yards, but they need to be able to control the pace of the game. And I think ultimately when we look at the way Dak has been playing, he hasn't been good. And, you know, some people will tell you, hey, this is just who Dak is. This is how he plays. And other people will say he's in a slump. You know, we can get into that at the end of the season, right? A lot of these, like, big narrative episodes, these blah, you know, we're really discussing how did this player perform across the entire season. It's not time for that yet, all right? We can talk about that. We can talk about whether Dak is just didn't play well or whether he's just, like, not that good of a quarterback, right? He's not as good as maybe he was playing really well last season and maybe played really well at the start of this season and he leveled off to where he is. He uh, equilibrated, right? Um, I don't know, but that's not something for me to discuss, but we do know that Dak isn't playing great football right now. Um, and Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, I think we see improvement week to week. Right, we see his throwing getting a little bit better, and is he ever going to be the most talented, you know, passer in the game? Probably not, right? But he's improving week to week. Dallas Goddard's been great all season long, and the story of the Eagles is their running game. Their running game has been really, really excellent all season long, um, and, and, and and you know, outside of this first few weeks where Nick. Sirianni wasn't running the ball, and, and now it seems like he's really figured it out. They're running the football a lot more, which which is is really, I think, impacting the Eagles' win percentage. Right? I think you see the more they run the football, the better they're doing in week by week by week. And with that being said, I think this is a great time for the Eagles to run the football, right? They'll use the receivers. I think that you know, a lot of people will talk about Trayvon Diggs and the amount of interceptions he's had, and those are all well and good, but he's also given up over a thousand receiving yards a season. I mean, listen, he can, you know, create turnovers, but he's also given up a ton of yards. I think Devontae Smith has quietly had a good season. Um, it hasn't been as good as some of the other rookies, Jamar Chase, um, Jalen Waddell, but, you know, Devontae Smith's had a solid season. I think that the Eagles passing offense needs to continue to improve. Um, but I have the Eagles winning and covering in this game. Um, and by covering, I mean literally, they just have to win. Um, I, I like this game. And listen, I, I, do, I think the Cowboys can win this game. And I said this in the preview episode. But I think if we're going to talk about sports betting, we're looking at, hey, we got to pick some upsets at some points. Right now, I like the Eagles to win. And you know, I think that they might lose. But I think if they lose, it's going to be a really close game. And I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles to cover four and a half 
Um, it's a good line. Next team I'm taking, and this should be almost no surprise to I think a lot of people. Um, Jacksonville's getting 15 points. And if I were a betting man and I looked at this and I said, well, should I take Indy minus 15 or Jacksonville plus 15? I'm going to take Jacksonville with the points, and here's why. Indy, as it's well known, hasn't won in Jacksonville in, what, like since 2014. That's a long, long, long period, right? They haven't a lot of success in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville probably is the worst team in the NFL this season. But 15 points is two scores. I mean... I, you know, we know the Jacksonville Jaguars got blown out last week by what was the end score? Patriots Jaguars. It was 50 to 10. They got blown out by 40. I seriously doubt that's what's going to happen against the divisional pod. First off, it's the last week of the season. Guys are trying to look good for next season, trying to meet bonuses. I mean, Jacksonville's, I mean, all these players will be playing hard, right? They need to win, right? Coaches need to win. I mean, the head coach is already fired, so you know they're going to bring in another guy. So, People need to showcase what they have to either stay in Jacksonville or, or move somewhere else. Jacksonville has no reason to lose this game, upset a divisional rival. They have, you know, had some defensive performances this year, which have been good. And if you look at the last time Indy and Jacksonville played this season, I believe, um, I believe, yeah, it was a six-point game. And that was back in November. Um, but that was kind of right at the start of when, you know, we felt like, hey, I mean, this Colts team, they're playing better now. Um, you know, oh, it's a home game. You hit the Jaguars by six. And I'm not even saying the Jaguars are winning this football game. But Jaguars put up a decent performance. They're probably going to cover the spread. You know, I mean, Indy's, you know, they could get up by, you know, it could be one of those games where it's like 20 to 10 and, and Indy just runs the ball, right? I mean, like, I don't think Jackson's going to put up a whole lot of points. Um, you know, I, but I think that all these players are going to be playing hard. And again, Indy hasn't won in Jacksonville in a long time. And may they win this game? Sure. Jacksonville's like the worst team in the NFL. But it's a 15-point spread. And I'm very comfortable taking, you know, saying, hey, I'll, I'll take 15 points. I, you know, we've taken a lot of this season. We've bitten a lot of points. This is a week where I have... Three underdogs that I took. So I wanted to really I, – I think the Jaguars are in a good position in this game. All right, next game I'm taking Chicago, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's minus five and a half. I will be taking the Vikings in this game. Listen, neither of these teams are in the playoffs, but we can both – we can confirm that Minnesota is a much better team. Uh, we know Chicago just beat up on a bad Mike Glennon last week, but – that's really no indication of how they're going to play this week, right? Justin Jefferson trying to make records, um, trying to, you know, look good for next season. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he, we all know that he's going to be, uh, you know, his contract and everything like that is going to be, you know, under close, uh, under, uh, under a, a microscopic eye, right? I mean, he's going to be under a microscope this season. It's a big game for him. Um, you know, to, to really shore up some of those bigger stats. I mean, he throws a few touchdowns and no picks and, uh, you know, a couple hundred passing yards. I mean, he's going to finish the season off with some pretty pretty good stats. Um, you know, I think Minnesota more talented running the ball. Um, and I know the last time these two played, it was kind of a weird game. But this is a one, one o'clock game. 
Last time it was, if it was a Thursday or Monday night game or maybe a Sunday night game. Um, this is a cozy 1 p.m. window filled with a, not, a lot of other teams. Um, there's six other, seven other games playing. So, you know, I think Kirk Cousins, I think it's he's definitely easier to play not in prime time for any quarterback. Um, and I think the Vikings are going to, you know, pretty much win win this game. Um you know, they almost won. You know, the last time they these two teams played, the Vikings won. It was pretty handle, uh, pretty handily. Um, and, and Chicago had that last second touchdown, but it was it was a relatively complete game for the Vikings. They really did everything right. A um, bunch of their players should be coming back, I think, off of the COVID list. Um, and again, I think I like Minnesota. I think they're a good team, and and you know. They typically they typically end the season on a good note, and I think that they're probably gonna probably gonna beat Chicago by by a wide margin. So I'm taking the Vikings minus five and a half. Next team I'm pay, taking, I'm gonna take New England minus six and a half versus Miami. Um, huge playoff implication implications for New England in this game. I mean, you know, it's all about seeding from this point on, pretty much for New England. You know, Buffalo loses by any any stretch of the imagination. Again, a very important game. I know New England has struggled in the past in Miami, but looking at how bad Miami's been this season, right? These two teams met week one, and, and now they're meeting in week week 18. These are two completely different football teams. And, and, you know, that's the thing that happens every season, right? The team at the beginning is not the team at the end. Teams mold, they change, things happen, and, and, and you know, that's just that's just the way it goes. Um I like New England to win. I mean, listen, they're they're you know six and a half isn't a great number. I'm not in love with six and a half on this one, but you know I, I think that New England will probably win by a touchdown or more. It seems to me Miami's offense just really can't get stuff going against good defenses. We know New England can play good defense. They've done it a lot this season against poor offenses. We know they can put up points, and I think Miami's defense has been overrated. I think you look at the way they've been playing it; it's like wow. I mean. I'm playing good, and then they show up to Tennessee and give up 34 points to a Derrick Henry-less squad. Um, New England has a really nice balance between the rush and the pass. They just do a lot right. And when I when I look at New England and when I, when I think about, hey, you know, this team, the way they're looking right now, I mean, this is a playoff team. And, and you know, they need to win this game, and I, I ultimately think they will win this football game. So I will be taking um, – I'll be taking New England to win and cover uh, by six and a half. Next team I'm taking, um, we'll actually finish with with this uh, this next team. We're going to go to the Bucks minus eight at home. I think that's a really really good line. Last time these two teams played again, Tampa Bay won by what sixteen points. Um, and again, it's in. I like what they're doing this week, where they have all these windows going at the same time. Tampa Bay's, you know, again, they're going to be motivated to win because um, they know Los Angeles is playing at the same time. So, you know, Tampa Bay's. If Los Angeles somehow loses, they can jump up. Really, I believe into that two seed. Um, as Dallas is eleven and five, so Tampa Bay's going to be playing this game to win. We know that Tom Brady's going to go out there and play well because he really kind of has to, you know create a lot of chemistry with these wide receivers. They're not going to get a bye week next week. So, you know, they're going right into the wild card versus Saints, Niners, Eagles, 
potentially the Cardinals. I mean, who knows? So they really got to work on everything this upcoming week. Um, again, I don't like Carolina. They seem uninventive. They, they just don't seem seem to be playing great to me. Um, everything's kind of all over the field, and I'm not in love with them. I like Tampa Bay minus eight. I mean, it's not. It, it, I think it's a pretty generous line given the score of the last game. Um, I know Tampa Bay had struggled last week, but again, you know, again, I think that they're they're not going to have any struggles against Carolina, a team that they just beat. So, final team, I'll be taking um, the New York Jets plus sixteen. Hey, honestly, it's essentially the same logic as the Jaguars. Um, listen, they're getting sixteen points, right? Um, I think that Buffalo has been a little bit shady at times this season. They've played in some games where you're like, well, why is it so close? I think that era of, hey, we're killing teams right now. We're beating the brakes off of them. We're shutting out teams. I don't think that's – I don't think that era is over. Um, you can look at the Jets have been playing much better football lately. Um, they just, you know, we're, we're basically about to win a football game against – the defending Super Bowl chance, a team that beat Buffalo. Um, I, I, I really like this Jets team getting 16 points, divisional game. It's going to be a tight one. I think that Buffalo could win by 10. Um, I'm, I'll be rooting for the Jets. And that's kind of also why I picked the Jets and the Jaguars. I mean, listen, a lot of people are going to be rooting for these teams. They're going to be having a lot of fight in them. It's a divisional game. I got the Jets winning this game. Zach Wilson's been playing well. I'm sorry, I got him covering um, they've been playing super well lately, so I will be I will be um, taking the Jets to cover I mean, 16 points. I mean, I think they can do that, hopefully. So that's it for Mastering Money. We'll be right back after the break um, discussing one of, one of, well, yeah, discussing one of the 32 football teams. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Seattle. Um, you know, I mean, listen, they're out of the playoffs. And again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We are going to give so much time to these playoff teams. We don't need to talk about them in a mastering money segment, right? This is, this is a time where we can talk about teams that aren't necessarily making the playoffs that are flying a little bit under the radar and that we can just talk about because we're not going to get a chance to talk with these guys these teams really, I mean, unless we do a big recap um, for a while. I mean, you know, football's going to end. Then it's going to be March Madness, you know, maybe after the draft, NFL draft. That's the next time we'll be able to talk to these teams about these teams. So, you know, I, I personally think that uh, it, we should we should give some time to some of these teams that, you know, won't be making won't be making the the playoffs this season. So without further ado, let's talk about the Seahawks who have, you know, they, they've been up and down so far this season. You know, you thought that Russell Wilson coming back from his injury would be a much, you know, much better player and much, much more like Russ. The Russ that we've seen in the past, the Russ that can guide his team to the playoffs. I mean, I know you all recall that the Seahawks were very much in playoff contention, very much in the game when Russell Wilson came back from his injury. But I think what we saw was that his his finger was not fully healed when he came back, right? He was missing a lot of throws, and and I think that's really translated into now where, you know, the team, eh, they've won some games, sure, but 
you know, they're they're not in the playoffs anymore. This team is not a contender. Um, and I ultimately think that Russell Wilson at the end of the season will elect to move on from Seattle. I just think that the organization is in no place to to not now it's not wide receiver talent, by the way. But it's just the coaching of the team, the feeling of the team, and I think I can guarantee this: Pete Carroll and Aaron, uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson will probably most likely not be on the same team next season. I I can give that seventy five percent chance that that's probably not I seventy five eighty percent chance. That's how confident I am um, that these two won't be playing in Seattle next season. And the reason why I say the reason why I say this is because I don't think Russell Wilson wants to play with Pete Carroll anymore. I think they're great friends, but I think that Pete Carroll doesn't offer anything to Russell Wilson. I think his head coaching is a bit lackluster. They don't really have picks. Um, and I think that Russell Wilson could stay in Seattle, sure, but I just don't think he would do it with Pete Carroll. I think that Pete Carroll is an older head coach, and ultimately I think that his time in the NFL as a head coach for Seattle is probably up. Um, we know Seattle has good talent in certain areas, but in other areas they're lacking. I'm not so sure that this is a Super Bowl contender, right? With or without Russell Wilson. I think without for sure. Um, with, I think for sure as well. I don't think this team next season without Pete Carroll, you know, assuming they, they, they don't have Pete Carroll, will be a Super Bowl contender. They play in what I would say is probably the hardest division in the NFL. I mean, there's a very good chance that three teams from their division make the playoffs this season, right? Seattle being the other team that won't, right? The only team that won't make the playoffs. You know, we'll see what happens in San Francisco. Um, we'll see if they make it or not. But, you know, they, they're going to have a winning record, San Francisco is. And so Seattle's, you know, for the first time in a very long time, that the bottom of this division, you know, it used to be that they would beat up on the Rams, beat up on the Cardinals, you know, and and San Francisco was their really their toughest competitor, but it, it seems to me now that that Seattle really, I mean, we, we you know when you look at a deep dive of this team over the past couple of seasons, I mean they really just have not been competitive, right? Um, their Super Bowl run was probably the best part about you know the the past decade for Seattle, but. Russell Wilson, his career has been great. I mean, he's a really talented quarterback, but I think some people are starting to wonder, you know, does he still have it in him? Last season, the start for him, oh, spectacular. I mean, he was an MVP, pretty much an MVP, like, shooing after about eight weeks in the season, and then he fell off. And whether it was him or whether it was the team, I don't know. But he just did not play great football towards the end of the season. Right, I mean that's a fact. You look at his play from you know start to end last season, it wasn't great. And to start this season, you know, Seahawks were uh, they were good. I mean, to a certain extent, they weren't. You know, I, I did pick them to take the playoffs, and I didn't think that you know so many of these other teams in <laughs> in the division would be great. But you know, the Seahawks. I mean, really, that week one victory I thought was very good. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, they lost the Titans and lost the Vikings and probably the best game the Vikings played all season. Then they beat the Niners and lost the Rams and lost the Steelers in the overtime. It was just a weird season for them. And I know that Big Ben was – or sorry, I know that, 
Russell Wilson wasn't there for a portion of them because he got his finger whacked, right? But you know, before that, I'm not so sure how he how well he was playing, right? You look at him overall in the season, Russell Wilson mediocre, I thought. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't great. He was number 20 on PFF. I mean, in the past, you know, he was first in 2019, sixth last year, sixth in 2018, 11th, sixth, sixth, 14th, sixth, second, you know, going back all the way to his rookie season. By far and away, the worst season on PFF of his career, both in terms of actual number grade and then relative to everyone else. And, you know, again, PFF is not judging totally based off of the fact that, hey, Russ missed about five weeks of the season. That's not what they're judging based off of, right? So we have to consider that. Um, you know, I mean, the fact that he's, you know, right around Bridgewater, Huntley, I mean, that that's a problem. And I don't care whether you like PFF or not, you like their grading system or not, no quarterback who who should, you know, who should be considered to be one of the greats possible Hall of Famer should ever be in that category. He's 25th in yards, 12th in touchdowns, third in interceptions, so that's probably the best part. And he's 14th in QBR. He's not been top 10 quarterback this season, right? Because, you know, that last stat is not based off of, <laughs> based off of total total throughout total throughout the season. It's not. Right? That's the last side is based off of how well did you play. And honestly, he's had, you know, he's he's had some easy games, right? I mean, his best game so far this season, you look at his QBR 51.5, big portion of that's given that he played Houston and Detroit in the last four weeks, right? He had 93 against Houston and 89 against Detroit. Yeah, I mean, like, he hasn't been spectacular this season. I mean, week by week, you look at his QBR, I mean, he had some decent ones. He had a good one against, you know, start of the season, he had four games over 60. Um, and then it just it just pretty much nosedived for the rest of the season. I mean, he had QBR of 29 against the Rams. He threw for 156 yards and a pick. Like, and then against Chicago, I mean, he lost to Nick Foles. I don't really care what, what what you have to say about that. You know, 181 yards on 27 attempts, 16 completions. He completed 59% of his passes, well below. And he's averaging 6.7 yards. Um, I don't know if that's per attempt or per catch. He had two touch. I mean, like, and, he, and, he, and they beat the, you know, breaks off of Detroit, but that's not really an impressive win given the defense. So I think that Wilson's time in – Seattle is over, right? And I think that Seattle's got to, you know, if they want to keep Russell, they, they, I think they have to just start gradually improving this team. Offensive line, defensive line. They have, a, they have some really great but old players. They need to start bringing in this younger talent. Their GM and their front office, I think, you know, again, I know a lot of people will say, well, you can't judge them based off of that Jamal Adams streak. First off, I yeah, yes, I can. That's my job. Right? Like, like, what are you talking about? My entire job is to judge teams off of decisions they make, future decisions to make, implications, blah, blah, blah. That is my job. That's what I'm here to do. All right? You can listen. You don't have to listen. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't care if you agree with me. Right? I hope I make my case and that, you know, you should agree with me. Right? First off, I can judge them off of one trait. 
because when that one trade is giving up two first round picks for a box safety you can't cover, I can most certainly judge you off of that, right? The Jamal Adams trade, by the way, a guy who's on the off the field like half the time, he's not, he's been injured. Um, you know, when we talk about box safeties, I mean, let's 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 really discuss. I believe he's a um, so he's a safety, and let's let's look at Jamal Adams. Adams. Is he even on the board? I don't even know. Jamal. Yeah, I mean, he is literally the, the lowest graded safety on PFF by far. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't scrolling all the way down. Sorry. He's 62. So right near a bunch of guys, you know, Darnell Savage, who I basically, I don't think he's played much of the season. Well, I guess he has. I thought Darnell Savage was playing much better than that, but... I mean, Jamal Adams, I'm the best safety in the league. Like, he's missed a bunch of weeks. He missed, uh, I don't think they had, I think they had a bye week since week nine. And then since week 13, he hasn't played. And I know his coverage, I know his grades in, in, in 2018 2019 were incredible. Second and fifth on PFF, respectively. And since then, he's been 53rd and 62nd. Now, could this possibly be a factor of the fact that Jamal Adams is not very good in the in the scheme that Pete Carroll runs. This is very possible. But listen, when you give up two box safeties, or when you give up first two first round picks for an injury prone box safety who can't cover, what do you want me to say? Like, like what 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 is my response? Like, what, what do you want me to say? It's a terrible trade. Right? Because Seattle doesn't have their first this year or next year. It's to the Jets. By the way, the Jets are saying, thank God that Seattle's six and ten this season. Right? Um, I believe sorry, hold on. Let me see. Jets picks draft. Jeff drafts sorry. Draft picks um future. Let's see. I just want to see. I think this is the website. Okay. So in twenty twenty two they have two first round picks. Sorry, they used their first round pick last year. They used their first round pick last year um, on on the Jamal Adams. So they've already, so again, they don't have their first round pick this year, This the, the Seahawks don't, right? I mean, again, like, like I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand why. I think this was a very, like, I think this was a very bad pick, a very bad decision by the Seahawks, right? You look at their draft this season, right? They have a second round pick, a third round, two fourths, a fifth, and a seventh. Not very many. 2023, they're shaping up pretty good. They have, you know, they have a lot of picks in 2023. But I don't think Russell Wilson's just going to sit around in 2022. I mean, again, I just don't think that's what's going to happen, right? Their, their, their front office besides that hasn't been great either. I think that the pieces they brought in have been poor. In this season, the team has just been like, I, I just feel like it's been average. I mean, I, you look at the Seahawks and you're like, well, they're not a terrible team. This team is, you know, okay. You know, I mean, they're 17th in points scored, 10th in points allowed. They're not terrible, right? Overall, they're 27. I mean, they're not a bad team. They're not bottom, bottom five, bottom four. They're middle of the pack, but they're below middle of the pack. For a team that has arguably two great receivers, Lockett and Metcalf, what some people consider to be a top 10, 
at times top five, top eight quarterback, Russell Wilson. You know, and a, a competent defense. Points out they're 10th. I don't really want to hear it. I mean, the defense isn't that bad. They should be winning more games. I think their coaching is poor. So I think we've seen the end of the Seattle experiment. The Legion of Boom went a while away. I mean, it's been gone for a while now. I think it's really time for Seattle to restart. I don't think you're going to be winning next season. It's going to be such a tough season if Russell Wilson stays. I just, I don't see the incentive for him saying, you know what, I'll stick it out for a really crappy year in Seattle, right? When there are plenty of other teams right now who are looking for a quarterback to bring him to the playoffs, bring him to the Super Bowl. And the Steelers, we all know the Steelers are going to looking for a quarterback and plenty of other teams along with them. So I don't know why Russell Wilson would say, listen, I'm going to stick it out in Seattle, even though I know our draft capital is low. In terms of, I believe their cap, I don't think their cap situation is great. Let's, let's go to, I mean, I mean, listen, we got time here. I mean, I got all day. <laughs> I got all day. So let's, let's really look at their cap. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's one of the worst in the league, right? I don't know if it's great, though. Um, so let's go to active contracts. So obviously, so Russell Wilson, his contract expires at the end. I mean, end of, not next season, but I think the season after. Um, Jamal Adams, is, I mean, he's locked up for a while. And he's here till 2026, unless they trade him. And no one's going to trade for him. Tyler Lockett's on a big deal until 2026. Bobby Wagner, I mean, he's still playing pretty well. So I think he's going to be he's going to be hard, hard to not re-sign. I don't know what they're going to do about Chris Carson. Probably won't re-sign him, honestly. He's injured so much. I'm going to go to Metcalf. Where the hell is Metcalf? So DK, um, he's still on his rookie deal, right? So, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to make too many moves next season and by the way let me make something clear i'm not even talking about making seattle go from a bad team to even a decent team like like seattle needs like if russell wilson wants to be part of a super bowl team right and if you look at their market values of some of these players i mean you know russell wilson at 35 million right now is a bargain like, like his market value is 42 million dk's at 17 um you know, Jamal Adams are way overpaying right now. KJ Wright, I believe. Let me see. Wright. Where is he? KJ Wright. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I believe they have to either re-sign. I don't know. They have to do something with him. I think the point I'm trying to make is that they have to make this team not only go from not not great, right? Which is where they are, twenty second in the league overall, to playoff team in the hardest division. Like that's not going to be easy, right? And then you know, on low draft capital, with you know, ultimately, right? Look at their salary cap, and you know they got eleven million in cap space, so not doing bad. They got to re-sign some big guys though, um, and I believe they'll probably have to you know work out DK's contract at some point soon. Right. So I don't know. I think that when I look at Seattle, they got a lot of problems. Their cap isn't in like an incredible position. Right. Um, like it's not, it's not, it is not an incredible, it's not an incredible deal right now. And I just think that 
Seattle's got a lot of problems. I, if I were Russell Wilson, I probably wouldn't stick around. I just think that Seattle's probably looking at a rebuild. So my thoughts on Seattle. Thank you all for listening. See you in the next one. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.